This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And a good Saturday evening, everyone, and welcome into The Labor Show as we come to you another Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And J. Doc, I want to come right to you, and I must confess. Wouldn't be the first time, but go ahead. (laughs) Right at the very top of the show, I must confess. I am enjoying our road trip around the Delaware Valley. But it's uh, like a tour of the Union Halls. And, the Union. and I love it. I'm, I'm me too. It's such, such a, a great, we're doing a spotlight series on the unions and the, and the labor leaders. And it's it, it, it's not only great uh, for us, Joe, we get the opportunity to, to meet with some of the great leaders in our, in our community, but also for, for the general public to meet the labor leaders, to, to understand our union community, to, to, to see what we're about. And, and uh, no no disappointment so far, and tonight's going to be no exception. It's going to be a great show. And before you introduce our guest and talk about the local that we're going to profile today, I do want to let the listening audience know, stick around. We're now two hours uh, every Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Six to seven is our local union spotlight, and then seven to eight p.m. uh, we continue uh, with the Labor Show. Great to be on now two hours every week uh, on uh, the biggest station in Philadelphia, the biggest talk station talk uh, in Philadelphia. Glad to be here. Yeah, no, we, we are glad to be here. And the, the two hours gives us the opportunity, Joe, to to really kind of lay it out there. You know what I mean? We don't have to spit fire, which we've been doing for years, and we, we love it. But, I mean, we can take our time and really get to the issues. And so uh, I couldn't be happier to, to, to bring into the program uh, Elevator Constructors Local 5 Business Manager, Joe Williams. Joe, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. That's great to have you, certainly. Uh, uh, Joe does a, a phenomenal job in representation of his members. And um, if you would, as we start off, just um, tell our tell our listeners a little bit about um, you know your members and what they do, the type of work you guys do, because it's you know, the, you know a lot of people depend on you guys. Yeah, sure, we're the, uh, the International Union of Elevator Constructors across the country in Canada. We're thirty thousand members strong. Right here in Philadelphia, we have about 730 members. We've been around for over 100 years. Uh, the union started right here in Philadelphia with our with the business manager back in the 19, 1901 with Frank Feeney. It's funny because Krause, I'm sure, was there. You may not know that, but he looks pretty <laughs> I good. I didn't want for to say his, anything. Yeah, let it go. But. So our union, we install, maintain, service, and repair elevators. Um, so you mean them high-rise? High-rise buildings to little two-story buildings. We cover three states, uh, 
Pennsylvania, the southeastern Pennsylvania, half of New Jersey, and half of the state of Delaware. And all the casinos, all the high rises in Philly, all the buildings out in the suburbs, if it's two stories or 50 story high rises in Center City, it's our guys installing them and taking care of them. And then when they wear out and need to be replaced, it's our guys replacing them. Yeah, I mean it's a, a heck of a responsibility. Being, being an, an iron worker, I've, I've uh, you know certainly had uh, you know opportunities to work with your members and 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 uh, you know see the scope. I mean, listen, it's nothing like working on a high rise building and you know being able to look down that you know that shaft. And you know, and, and it's going down fifty floors, and you get to, and, and you get to um, know the guys that that do that type of work. It's it's hairy work, uh, but you guys have well trained. You guys have an apprentice. Program. We have a good apprentice program. It takes uh, any about five years to become a mechanic. When you go through the apprenticeship, you get tested every year, and then after you complete the apprenticeship and eight thousand hours, then you get take a mechanics exam a written exam that you have to pass before you can be raised up to mechanic. Joe Williams, our special guest here on The Labor Show. Joe, as you're laying out what you do for the listening audience, I'm immediately thinking, oh my God, this pandemic, uh, which which we're all have experienced, You've your guys are right in the middle of that. You're right in the files firestorm yes. in terms of the pandemic. Our guys, so during the, when the pandemic hit, we were fortunate because... Our trade continued to work. Some of the construction jobs were shut down for for a little bit of time. But all of our maintenance and service and repair guys had to continue working. And all the hospitals in the area, they needed the elevators. Elevators are essential to keep any business and building operating. And our guys were right there keeping the elevators running in all the hospitals and all the nursing homes. It was a little scary because our guys had to go into those nursing homes where it was a, a big problem, as we all know, but our guys did it, kept the cars running, and you know, put put it on the line to keep everything going. One follow up to that: even today, as we do this broadcast, uh, walking into an elevator when you're working in a office building in Center City. There's all kind of logisticals now. There's all kinds of safety procedures. That in itself has has impact on you. So you're 100% right, Joe. The, the social distancing, you can't do it in an elevator. I mean, they, everybody's been in a building. There's it, It's like rush hour. Everybody loads into the elevator and heads up, heads up to their floor. And sure. then they want to come back down to go get coffee or at lunchtime. So... There's a couple of things that our, our contractors are doing and, and innovations that have, that have come out. They were working on them before the, before the pandemic hit. But a big one is uh, ventilation and the exhaust fans in the elevators. They have the ability to, to replace those fans with uh, ultraviolet lights inside of the fan that circulate the air and clean it and send it back down into the elevator to help keep it safe that way. Uh, they're trying to limit the amount of people. Most, when you go into most of the buildings now, you'll see on the, the floor of the elevator where they right. want you to stand. Right. Uh, some of the new buildings, like the new Comcast Tower and a lot of the high-rises, the, the newer buildings, and they're, they're upgrading some of the old ones where they have touchless buttons. You never even touch a button to get to your floor. So you, you hit a keypad when you come into the building. Some buildings you can even swipe your, your key fob or your, your ID card for your employer, and then it tells you what elevator to go to, and you never touch a button. So there, there's a lot of innovations out there to keep people safe, and 
we want people to come back to the buildings because we need people in the buildings to keep our guys working. And you talk about essential workers, and and I find it amazing the heroes in in the pandemic, um, because uh, you know it's it's everybody. I mean, it's people you would not uh, uh, you know that normally you know. The, the people that are serving, the, you know, that the, are the, uh, the checkout people, uh, you know, the, the local five, the elevator constructors, because without is, by the way, you can't get up. I mean, in other words, who wants to, you know, you, you can't, you're in a high rise building and there's got to be volume issues with people coming in all at the same time. Having that ventilation, ventilation is a big deal. But tell me about the spirit of the men, especially when at the beginning of this, when it was very, when it was unknown and they were still, they had to go to work in the morning and, and, and right in the middle the entire thing it was a scary thing our guys were nervous they were worried we, you know everybody was worried and we didn't know what was happening but our guys want to go to work just like all the other trades in philadelphia we we want to go to work we need the work it, it provides for our families so our guys knew right away they were going to go out one good thing with our trade we're a national contract and our international what was forward thinking and they put a MOU together, a memorandum of understanding, and met with our employers to allow for some flexibility with our contract to keep our guys working, some flexible work schedules, uh, start times, things like that, so that guys could keep working, which saved jobs for us. And and also with the building trades, as, as uh, obviously a business manager with the building trades, you guys reacted incredibly fast. Yes. Uh, which is impressive. We had that conversation last week with Jimmy Snell. Um, you guys put all kinds of protocols in place. In fact, um, you know, I think national OSHA, you know, the na- you know the national um, OSHA is, is is utilizing some of the programs that you guys implemented. Now tell us a little bit about that. The, the, the Philly Philadelphia Building Trades, Johnny Doc, and all the other managers, they did a phenomenal job. I, I've only been a manager for a little over three years, three and a half years, and the talent and expertise of the managers in that room always amazes me and the work that they do. And when this pandemic hit, the Philadelphia Building Trades was out in the forefront meeting with the contractors' associations and all the different trades and came up with protocols to use that are being used as national standards. They went to the national building trades with it. I gave it to our people in our international, and it's things that we've adopted that came out of Philadelphia building trades that other areas are using as a standard. And you guys were also the um, the first, I think, uh, labor community, union community in the country to come back, to be able to come back to work, um, uh, you know, to, to, to almost full strength um, before any other building trades, at, at least throughout the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound like you ever left. <laughs> Doesn't sound oh, like we, the other guys ever stopped. Some, some of the construction jobs did, did stop. Yep. Um, we had a couple big jobs going, and, and a big job in our trade is twenty-five or thirty guys on a job. Like, sure, that, that's a huge job for us. The, the University of Penn Hospital is a big one, and our guys. That job shut down, but our guys continued to work with a with a crew of other trades to have that hospital ready to go. The new building as a backup in case Penn needed it. Sure. And they worked around the clock to get that ready to go. Thank God they never needed it. We had, um, I think, uh, with, with the, with, with, uh, within our labor community here in Philadelphia, and like it's always one is too many, but um, we were pretty fortunate in the, in the amount of members that actually contracted COVID. How did you guys make out? In, in right in the beginning, uh, Joe, we had two, two members contracted it um, in the, right here in Local 5. 
and it, I mean, it was right in the very beginning, one of them, both of those guys, and they ended up, uh, one guy ended up in the hospital, um, they, but they both were very sick about it. And then it hit us right here in our own local. One of our agents had it in the, right in the beginning of the summertime. So we've probably had close to a dozen, maybe 10 or 12 members have had the virus. Um, so we stay on top of it. It's caused problems on jobs. It's hard to social distance with our work. Sure. And we've had a couple jobs where the crews had to shut down and quarantine for the 14 days. It's been, it's been tough that way. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Our special show tonight, uh, J. Doc, a little bit later on as we roll along, I want to get at least one soundbite uh, or two from Joe on uh, one of my favorite things that they do, lift a vet. You know oh, yeah. uh, how I feel about that. You and I have had oh. uh, our best experience ever, I think, of doing this radio show. At, at uh, one of the boxing events. At one of the boxing events. <laughs> That you yeah. guys, this, uh, Local 5 has been in, in, unbelievable there. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. And we'll deal with all of that and meet a few more members uh, of the local after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, J. Doc, I want to give Joe uh, an alert. I want to alarm him. A week ago when we were at the steam fitters, I snapped a picture of you trying to exit the building with the softball trophy. Uh, We have the belt inside uh, the conference room, and I want to make sure that that belt remains uh, after we end up leaving the building today. Jimmy Snell was faster than I thought. He was at the Stanforders. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's great. And by the way, that belt is, and we're going to get into the lift of vet. Uh, just you will, you know, you you will get a picture with with that when everybody's gone. Um, but not, you know, we're, in we're, other words, right. make sure it's there when we leave. Uh, uh, spot, you know, we're doing a spotlight on on the elevator constructors local five, and uh, of course. Um, you know, the, the great union, uh, the first union, and uh, we get the opportunity to meet all the officers. I'm happy uh, to bring into the to the program John Seacon, who's the secretary treasurer here at Local 5. How are you, sir? Good, good, sir. It's great to have you on the broadcast. We got so much. So you're, this is the guy that writes the checks, right? Yes, he is. Right. So, so Joe, right. this is the guy we got to, you know, we got to schmooze nice up to. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um we're talking about some of the, some of the things going on right now, and, and we'd be remiss. This is important. The elections, uh, you know, we're, we're going to kind of just have some some regular discussion here. But um, if you're in labor, the presidential election uh, and everything that's going on across the country uh, in in relation to it is is a big deal. Um, how does that in 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 in, in so it affects you guys directly in some, some specific areas? I'll, I'll go to Joe first, if you will. Yes, the uh, this general election is going to have a great effect on all unions, but uh, you know our union is not any different than any other labor union or all the other building trades unions. It it's going to affect how we operate as a union if this election doesn't go the way we want it to with Joe Biden. If Trump gets elected, it's going to have a, a negative effect on how we operate our union how we collect union dues, how we organize 
other non-union elevator constructors. It's going to affect our pension plan, our health plan, and it's it's a scary thing. And John, you know, uh, elaborate if you would. Uh, you know, I agree 100% with Joe saying um, it'll affect it, it affects everything as far as. Uh, and how does that how does that happen? In other words, you know what what uh, how does it affect you guys in particular? You you know you guys are it's it's I mean it affects us all unbelievably you know with the Supreme Court. But um, how does it affect your procedures as far as PAC funds? Yeah, just the way we handle our PAC funds. We don't have a big PAC fund. We're we're small union. And our PAC funds not very big. Uh, we don't have a, a huge staff in here. Johnny does all the stuff in this union hall, um, and if if Trump and his people get their way. They've already they've already caused problems with the National Labor Relations Board and the way we file our LM two reports. I'm sure a lot of other guys, the other halls you've been in, they talk about LM two reports. Well, that means Johnny's got to spend all his time rather than taking care of our members sure. and servicing the membership. He's with our accountant. Going over our books, filling out all kinds of paperwork and forms and everything that has to go into the Department of Labor. John, let me ask you this real quick, because I think you're probably, uh, you speak to every single member and you speak to them on multiple times, multiple day, multiple times a day, uh, every day. Just from your perspective, um, how are the members? How do they feel? Are they, are they nervous? Are they conversational with you? Just, just a general assumption or just a general observation on your part as far as the election goes election coming up um they really don't talk about it too much to okay. be honest with you as far as uh it's just their everyday everyday doings as far as as far as the election well you you, you, you have, because because you have a lot on the line here i mean one of the things you know in, in labor and i think we all know this um we you know we you know, obviously with the supreme court situation when you're voting for president you're voting for the supreme court that's correct and you know a lot of our members crossed party lines last time okay there's no question i mean i don't know i don't know exactly who obviously the privacy when you go into the voting booth but we know that um do, do you think people know what's on the line this time i mean Truthfully? It, yeah no no, I don't think so. I and, think uh, they're looking at the the overall financial, the monies. The monies are good. Everybody's working, but they don't. I don't think they understand what's happening or behind the, the scenes. Right, and and I think the magnitude of of um, how we're you know how we're looking at this. I mean, you know, the Supreme Court coming up. How's Joe? How's that affect us? Well, we already saw what happened with the Janus ruling, and now yeah. we know that they're they're going to go after the the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, and that's going to affect a plan like ours. We have the our our trade. We have one of the best insurance policies, plans, health insurance that money can buy. It's very expensive, but we our employers, you know, it's part of our benefits package. We negotiate it every five years, and if they're allowed to take that plan away and and abolish the ACA, yeah, that's going to cost our plan a, t- a ton of money. The, the cost is going to go up because now you've got all these people who are going to be uninsured again. They still have to get doctor's visits. They're still going to go to the emergency rooms. Somebody's going to pay for that cost, and they're going to put it back on a plan like ours, which is healthy. But with that kind of cost coming on to us, it, it's not going to be. 
you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you know, you have people like last time, you know, I, I mean, a lot of, uh, they, they pick on their heart, they'll pick on social issues, they'll pick for different reasons. Um, but to me personally, this is a house of labor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your responsibility, the, the two of you guys, um, is, is to obviously represent your members. And to me, it's, that's why it's so important. What, what, what was the message to the members, Joe? I, I know that uh, educating them and, and, and to, to, to what really impacts them so they make the right choices for their livelihood. Otherwise, they're just down here crying because there's no work, just like all, everybody else. And, and if you vote against your interests, it can be a problem. Our message to our members is vote for Joe Biden. He's, he's voted, he's supported labor 100% of his career, 100% of the time. Joe Biden has always been for labor. This president is not for labor. Donald Trump, a vote for Donald Trump is a vote against your union. And one of the things, you know, we hear about insurance, and I don't think our members understand that, well, we've always had insurance. It's going to stay there. Yeah, those guys are talking about this stuff, but that's not really going to happen. Well, one of the things that Johnny handles is we have a program in Local 5 called the Helping Hand Fund that started years ago with, with the previous managers. It's a, it's a plan that our members pay into, or we, they get assessed. But if you get laid off in Local 5, I, I'll let Johnny talk about the Helping Hand Fund, because he manages it and, and takes care of our members when they're out of work and they still need insurance. John? So how it works is you work for, say, a year, and you get laid off. Now you're covered for three to four months. And then after that, you, um, it's the helping hand kicks in. Okay. So then what I'll do is every, every month I write a check to the international or to our national benefits. And that picks up your, your coverage for the remainder of the year. So you have like nine months of coverage. Oh, your what, health coverage? Our health coverage. Right. Full, full health coverage. And what happens is. I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah, exactly. And it's our members. We're assessed. We're assessed $20 a month. I, I, I mean, a quarter, and that's what how everybody chips in. And, 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 and last question before we go to the break. I'd be willing to bet without knowing the answer. Not one member objects to that $20 contribution. Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, it's what unions are about, giving back Correct. to your members. It's, it's the program show. That's what it's really all about. It's the labor show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special uh, beginning to the show tonight, Jay Doc. We do another tour. I love this tour. I'm not sure I like hanging out with you uh, during the week on the tour, uh, but, I am, <laughs> but I am enjoying getting out to uh, the locals. We'll continue the conversation. And don't forget, hour number two, Jay Doc, got a big show uh, in, lined up as well. Well, in hour number two. Absolutely. All right, so Ryan will be along with us in hour number two. More with The Labor Show after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. Today's program has been pre-recorded. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. 
And back here on the Labor Show as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Still ahead, J. Doc, a conversation about Lyft the Vet. We'll get to that uh, in the final uh, segment. Big segment, our third segment of the special uh, tour, J. Doc. And again, I'm enjoying making the rounds with you and getting, letting the public, letting all of the listeners on this great radio station know and get to meet the locals. Absolutely. And we're here at Elevator. Constructors Local 5, Joe Williams, business manager. And, and uh, we're going to bring into the program Jack Cook, who's a business agent, and also Eric Rittenhouse, who's a business agent. Gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. Uh, so as business agents, you guys are, you know, you're on the street. You guys are, you're dealing with the jobs on a daily basis. Um, and for people that don't know that and what that's all about, Talk about your. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Jack first. You know, your 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 day looks like on a on, on a uh, on a regular basis. Uh, regular basis is uh, I park somewhere in vicinity where I'm going to hit what part of the city, and then I grab my backpack, my hard hat, my safety vest, all my stuff's in there, and I hit the jobs. And 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 having said that, what type of issues, Eric, um, do you guys typically deal with on 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 a daily basis when you're when you're going out to the jobs? Um, you know, what, what do you typically expect and, and, and what's it like? Uh, it varies from day to day. We're, uh, we, uh, we deal with safety issues. We deal with issues with the guys on the job, if they have payroll issues, anything like that. Just, but the other part of the thing we do is we go out there and we just try to get the feel for the, the guys, what they're doing outside or what they're doing in the field. And, uh, just generally any problems that come up, we try to handle them while we're out there. And, and, and so having said that, you know, we're, 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 uh, we talk about what, what our workers, the, our craftsmen are all about. We talked a little bit about the, the, uh, the apprentice, um, program at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the, the, the show with Joe. And, um, when you're going out there and you're talking to your workforce, uh, the biggest asset we have is, 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 is our trained workforce. And we're dealing with uh, non-union all the time and we're competing on a daily basis. Um, if if you're sitting there and you're talking to uh, you know an employer or you know why should they hire union elevator constructors? I mean, there's I know there's a ton of reasons. Why don't you uh, elaborate, Jack? Uh, well, Joe, I think one of the biggest things is is our training and our education. Sure. One thing we work safe. Things have just they get better and better with safety. Our guys follow the safety guidelines. The most important thing is go home at the end of the end of the day with your to your family. And not only that is guys in local five really take pride in their work and they want to make sure they do an exceptional job because that is the big thing that separates us from non-union is the quality of our work. You don't get that with the non-union. With and, us, and, you do. And the fact that the, you know at, at any time. You know, if somebody say can't make it in, or somebody's sick, you can call the union hall, and it must feel good, you know, Eric, uh, when you can, you know, guarantee somebody, an employer, the ability to send another quality craftsman out to the job, um, and knowing that you're not going to skip a beat. Non-union doesn't have that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. The guys, everybody comes through this uh, union hall. They get trained through our education program, and uh, you know. Um, Coming through this program like this, not only you know with on the education side, you also have the vast experience of the guys who came before you, teaching the apprentices on the job. Uh, you know, union members that have been in for 30, 40 years doing construction, things sure. like that, passing that knowledge down. That's something that you know non-unions can't boast is the history that we have. Yeah, and 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 Joe, you're talking about um, it, with, with our apprentice programs. 
you know, who pays for that? We do. Yeah. That's, we're not, it's not it, government subsidized. No, we, we don't get any money from the government on our apprentice program. It's paid for as part of our benefits package. A lot of money goes into it. Right around the corner, we have a training center with hands-on laboratories, welding facilities. Eric runs our welding facility. Jack teaches OSHA courses to our members. Um, it's hands-on training in the classroom, taught by elevator constructors with 20, 30 years experience, and they go through training on how to teach to apprentices, and then it's on the job training that, that guys get. Jack, talk about the working conditions because you guys are erecting um, elevators from anywhere from a two-story building to a seventy-story building, uh, and 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 you guys mentioned you mentioned safety and safety standards. Talk about that and how important that is. In 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 when you, and if, and if anybody's ever not looked at a, a shaft, an elevator shaft, and I have as an iron worker. Um, it's a it, it, it's unbelievable. You're, it raises the hair on the back of your neck. Talk about the working conditions and why safety is so important. Well, unfortunately, when we're in a hatch working, there's a bullseye on us because anything can fall down that hatch. It's coming. Let's it's not us. forget that. There's right. nothing. You can't go anywhere. You can't get out of the way. You're in that hatch. Well, before you go any farther, Jack, I just want you to know, as an iron worker, we have a little rule. If you drop something, don't look over because <laughs> everybody's looking up. But that's another story. Listen, many things have fallen down the hatch. And it wasn't been, me. Um, and, and nobody's ever come to claim it. So, <laughs> right. uh, that is a, that is certainly, that's the truth. <laughs> but no, no question about it. I mean, you know, that's a big deal. But talk about, you know, uh, you know what you guys do as, as far as being safety trained and how important it is. Well, we go through a rigorous safety program with OSHA for all the apprentices. Um, when we're out hitting jobs, Eric and myself, Joe and Joe O'Connor, organizer, we're, we're looking at those things. We're making sure the netting's down, that there's no potential hazard for something can fall down the hatch. We're constantly trying to look out, and the guys will call us. If there's an issue... They'll reach out to us, and then we can address that issue with the general contractor and say, hey, we got a problem here. We're not getting back in that hatch until we get this straightened out. Exactly. So as long as you have the right dialogue and you're in tune with your membership, you can pretty much solve any situation. And, and Eric, you talk about um, having representation and dealing with the employers. And now, I mean... Look, sometimes when you're negotiating, Joe, sometimes you're you know on on you know the other side of the table. But Eric, you know, really, we're on the same side as our union employers, and we couldn't appreciate them more. Um, tell us uh, about that relationship, and and you know, being you know, providing that representation to members, and the relationship you 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 create with the employer. Obviously, we can't work without without our our our, uh, our union employers. I mean, it, it, it basically boils down to communication between us and the employers. Um, you know, our international negotiates the contract for us. And then it's up to us, not only us, but the employers also to enforce that contract. So, uh, as long as the companies communicate back and forth with us, it, it's pretty harmonious on what we can get done. Um, but I mean, that that's really the biggest thing is communication with the, with the companies. Sure. And, and Ed, you know, before we, let's just start this conversation now. Let's talk a little bit, you know, because we, I'm sorry. Joe, one ahead, more Jack. thing I want to add as far as the safety aspect sure. goes. We're lucky that we're in the Philadelphia Building Trades because we all communicate. Sure. It's not just the elevator constructors communicating with the contractor. It's all the trades. 
There's a safety committee meeting every week. Sure. If there's an issue on a job, everybody knows about it. It's not just one trade, sure. and that's so valuable. Right. And, and, and by the way, that's that's one of the major benefits of, of, of um, union. In other words, and, and having union uh, oh, union workforce, the safety, uh, you know, we, 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 we do the best that we can to work with everybody. I mean, I know working on high-rise buildings, sometimes we have the, the crane coming over, and, and, we're, and the cables are getting undone, we're putting things, you know, so there's a lot of little facets. Uh, so if the, if, if, if the carpenters or if the elevator constructors are put, bringing something up on the 20th floor, you're on, you're on doing the cables, the safety cables around the, around the floor, and you're putting them back together, and we're communicating together, because if the left yes. hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Right. One of the things um, I want to touch on real quick, and we're going to continue with, is, is the, the PA Elevator Safety Board. Um, because I know there's situated, there's it, it, it's really important to you guys because we're you're talking about antiquated standards that we need to get up to date. Talk about that, so, Joe. Yeah, elevator safety. It doesn't just affect the members, our members that are working, building the elevators and in the elevator hatch, maintaining and servicing these elevators. It also affects the public, the general public. Everybody rides an elevator. If you're working in a building, most people in high-rise buildings, they're sure. taking an elevator. So, the general public safety is a great concern. And one of the problems in the state of Pennsylvania is where the Pennsylvania has the oldest elevator code in the country. It's outdated. It's uh, older than every state. And the previous manager started working on this, and, and it's gone from an elevator safety advisory board to when Governor Wolf took office, it became an elevator safety board where we actually are part of the, uh, it's called the authority having jurisdiction. We have a say. And it, it's, it's represent, there's representatives appointed to that board. I'm fortunate enough to be sitting on that board. And we work with the Department of uh, Labor and Industry. Uh, we have manufacturers, we have building owners, we have the general, uh, one general public, and inspectors, which, which are also all sit on that board. And we're in the process of updating the Pennsylvania code to a, a much more recent and safer code to the 2016 code. Uh, when, and when does that happen? I mean, what's, what, what's the process? Uh, we're there? just about done going over recommendations for the regulations. It's been, and it got slowed down with the virus because we weren't able to meet. Sure. So uh, it's been a, a year-long process of just taking input from all the players in the industry. Um, we're almost done, and hopefully within the next year, the next step is the public has some input, and then it goes to the state legislators to get approved. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so, Jack Cook, uh, thank, I want to uh, tell you how much we appreciate, obviously, the work that you and, and, and Eric Rittenhouse are doing on the job. Uh, certainly, our, our, our agents on the street are what, what make it happen. We don't want to say that in front of Joe. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Yes, I wanted to add to that. So, Jack and Eric are out on the street. Eric, Jack covers Center City and Camden and some of North Jersey, and Eric covers the suburbs and the state of Delaware and South Jersey and Atlantic City. And they make my job so much easier because they're out of their houses by 6 a.m. and they don't get home till 6 p.m. And they're on the jobs. They're looking for new jobs coming out of the ground. I mean, they, they make my job much easier with the effort and the work that they put in on the street getting out there and talking to everybody and keeping oh, things Eric, only, only Atlantic City? Can't we get him out in Pittsburgh? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you said he gets home at 6, 7 yeah. at night. I'll bet that's a conservative... Uh, you know, I'm sure you've gotten home pretty late nights. Hey, I'm sure the wife and kids appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, thanks so much. Um, awesome job. Thanks for having us. 
Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And back here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, hour number two uh, in front of us. J. Doc, our final segment uh, of the uh, opening hour. What was Jack's last name in the previous segment? Cook. All right, so Jack Cook. A big shout out to Jack Cook for stepping in and cutting you cutting off, off in mid-sentence. Uh, great job by Jack. I, I, you know, just <laughs> to get a point in. Uh, I love it. Let's get right into the final segment. Yeah, so so um, you know we we're we're going to talk a little bit organizing, and it's a heart heart's blood of our labor community. And uh, if, if if you would, obviously we're we're, we're here uh, with Joe Williams, the business manager of Local Five. Um, Joe, um, introduce you know our, our next guest, and 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 if you would talk a little bit about let's talk organizing. So I'm going to introduce our organizer, Joe O'Connor. Uh, he he's our organizer. The elevator, and we control 85% of the work, the elevator industry. 85% of the elevator work in the Philadelphia tri-state region is a union. So most likely the elevators you're riding on are installed and maintained by a union elevator constructor. But when I started in this business, it was 99% or 100% was union. So we deal with non-union. Other trades would love to have 85% of the work. I was going to say, that's pretty darn so good these we're, days. we're in great shape, but... We want to get back to 100% of the union, and then that's why we brought on an organizer in, in, in Local 5. And having said that, the difference between union, uh, you know, in other words, you know, there's a lot of non-union out there that aren't trained. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not trained. Um, they're, they're not trained. They don't have apprenticeship programs. They have a, they call it an apprenticeship program, but it's a home study program that their boss runs. Yeah, could you for. imagine that? So, a home study program. Yeah. So I'm going to bring into the program uh, Joe O'Connor, who's the organizer here at Local 5. By the way, Joe, you round off the Joes. This is, this is four of us at the table. So whoever, we got to refer directly to our last names. Joe, tell us some, obviously, organizing such a part of, a big part of labor. Um, What's the objective? And tell people a little bit about what you do in the process. So I spend most of my time getting out there, trying to meet the non-union elevator guys, form a relationship with them, try to get them talking. And uh, when I first came on, we were pretty successful. We took two companies to an election, probably in the first four months, which was good. Uh, but right now, like I said, we, we have a program. We'll hook up with these non-union guys, build a relationship, and then... And bring them in. And bring them in. But we try to string them along and get as much information out of them as we can. And, and having said that, um, one of the things about, uh, you know, a union, uh, you know, being a, a union member, and, and I'll say uh, uh, to Joe Williams, um, is the trained workforce. And a lot of times, you know, Joe O'Connor, you're talking, I'm assuming you're telling them the benefits of being in the union. Oh, absolutely. And and talk about some of the conditions and, and some of the situations that these people are in. I mean, the low wages that they're getting and all. Absolutely getting low, weight, uh, low wages. Uh, we have noticed in the last three years their wages are going up. And that's because of the work that we're doing here uh, and Local 5 and the building trades. You know, uh, building trades together, the organizers get together, we work together, we get ideas, we kick things off each other, 
and uh, it's been great. And we've really seen a big increase. One of the companies that we took to uh, an election, uh, we lost the election, but right afterward, they gave their guys, uh, the mechanics, like a $10 hour raise. Wow. I mean, so, uh, I mean, and that's a big deal. Talk, talk about the, um, yeah, some of these guys, Joe Williams, uh, you, you know, you, you're dealing with um, individuals that are in very difficult situations. They're at the, the mercy of the, uh, let's talk about the difference between union and non-union. Uh, you know, you're a non-union individual working for a construction company. You're almost at the complete mercy, uh, uh, you know, of that company. That's not, you know. They, they have no... We just talked to our business agents, Jack and Eric, and the non-union guys have no representation. no representation. So when they're when that contractor has an unsafe job, they have no nobody to come out and fight for them to make that job safer to I point mean, out the conditions. And, and Joe O'Connor, you, you know, we talked about safety. Some of these individuals, um, what are their rights when talking to their uh, when, when trying to secure safety uh, standards from their employer? What leverage do they have? There was a recent accident with one of our non-union companies, and we don't want to see anybody get hurt, of course. Uh, I talked to the guys at that company that we deal with and uh, went over some of the safety things that we talk about day to day. They didn't know anything about them. Like a bolt, in, something that holds the elevator up, there's bolts and you're supposed to replace them every time you use them. They didn't know that. They were reusing them time after time. <laughs> So. And, and, and you know what's amazing? Because when I think of it, I think of as an iron worker. But you guys are dealing in elevator shafts, okay? People die. If, you know, when, I mean, literally, you know, the chances, it's, it's, and sometimes it's a life or death situation. And that's what these individuals sometimes are going to on a, on a daily basis, Joe O'Connor. That's true. Uh, that last accident, the guy, luckily he's alive, but he went down 10 floors, 10 floors on top of an elevator. And mainly because of the equipment that they were using, they didn't know how to use it properly. Uh, the other guy on the job told me that uh, the chain blocks, the chain falls, we have them inspected every year. They didn't even, they said it's the same equipment. So my mission on- One of the things with those you. guys, with the two guys on that job, and, and they're, they're smart, we're sure they're good kids and smart guys and hard workers. Between the two of them, they didn't have two and a half years' experience. In oh. the union side, they would never have sent a guy with, with less than five to six years. And, and even that's not enough. But our guys, before they're in that spot, would, would have at least five to six years' okay. experience. Okay, and that's the safety of the, the, the men and women working on the job. What about the general public that is getting into an elevator that, that, have, that, that, that has been, uh, you know, erected by individuals with minimum, with minimum um, training? I mean, that's... They send, they send, the non-union side will take a guy with one year, and maybe he's a sharp guy, and he's got some electrical background, training, troubleshooting. With, he'll have... One, a year experience, they send him out on an, on a route, repairing and maintaining elevators that the general public's riding on. Our side never would do that. Joe O'Connor, keep doing what you do. It's why, it's the mission of this radio station to inform the public so yeah. the people understand what it means to have a trained workforce and why it is uh, so important. So well done. Jay Duck, just a couple of minutes left, and I do not want to miss the opportunity uh, to talk to about LiftAvet. Um, Joe, if you will, so, at least give the audience uh, a, a taste of 
of what I think is just an incredible, incredible job uh, by you. Uh, and, and, by, and our and good by, friend Ed Loomis, by the yeah, way. And, and Ed, exactly. We didn't have enough time to have Ed come in and talk. He would have taken up the whole <laughs> Well, we do two hours now, so next time we'll have one. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. Uh, we have a charitable organization, a program called A Lift for a Vet, and it was started by Ed Loomis and Mike Walsh. Uh, two members of Local Five. When they started this program, they were they were working with uh, homes for veterans, and once in a while, that that organization would would come across a home for a veteran where they had a staircase that that they had to deal with for the veteran who was disabled. So they would come to us, and that's our field, lifting people up. Sure. And Ed and Mike started installing lifts for that program, and then that program started going to just uh, ranch houses, single floor homes. But Ed and Mike saw the need for this out there. There's a great need for veterans of all wars. I mean, there's still some World War II vets out there and, and lots of Vietnam vets who are getting up there in age. Their bodies are, are breaking down. And our program that they started gives them the freedom and independence to stay in their house because we install lifts. We the lift goes in for any veteran of any war, um, they, free of charge. We, we purchase the lifts, we install them, uh, stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, even home elevators. And the program has, re- has uh, expanded to, we've, we've supplied lifts for our local, sister locals out in California. They've done a couple, uh, our brothers and sisters up in Boston. We've sent lifts up there. Other locals are starting their and own. And you do fundraisers, the boxing match. Our, we do two big fundraisers a year. We do a golf outing in the springtime, and then uh, uh, we picked up a golf or a uh, boxing event that we do in the fall down at the Sheet Metal Workers. Which, by the way, we, we, we broadcast it. It's a great event. It's a great event. It's a great event. Right, it was incredible. I mean, yeah. we, we were running all over. Is the that place. event going to happen in 2020? No. No, yeah. we had to cancel all of our fundraising okay. because of the COVID-19. Uh, but the, the boxing match is all the trades participate, and each trade puts up a couple of boxers, all the local boxing clubs in, in the city yeah. train the guys. So it's not just throwing a couple guys in the ring and telling them to put their hands up. They get six weeks of training. They match them up with, with similar skilled and you know guys at the same level. And I think we had 16 fights Oh, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. And, and, you know, one of the things Ed Loomis said real quick was that, remember, Joe, we we had him on a broadcast and he said, my biggest fear is that we won't have uh, the funds to be able to pay for somebody. And and you could see it in his eyes. And so you guys and Joe Williams. I think it's amazing. I don't mean to cut you off. I think it's amazing when you think about what it would take to do that. No charge. And, and Joe, for, for continuing it and what you guys do with Local 5 does and everybody. And it's our members. Uh, give a shout out to Jerry Kerr. He's a veteran, came into our local through the Helmets to Hard Hats program, oh, yeah. did a couple tours in, Af- in Afghanistan. And Jerry has come in and runs the crew of guys taking that program over. And they're out every weekend and some nights during the week on their time installing lifts for veterans in need. That's going to do it for this special edition of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we close uh, the broadcast and transition into our number two on behalf of Joe Williams, on behalf of Joe O'Connor, uh, on behalf of J. Doc, uh, and behalf of all of the members um, who we celebrate tonight uh, with this broadcast. I'm Joe Krause. 
See you on the other side. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre recorded.